What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Dangerous Rhetoric. This is episode 40, which is really awesome. We have hit 40 episodes. Yes, 40. I'm going to remember this time to say like, comment, subscribe, all that cool stuff. Um, the censorship is pretty heavy, and channels like ours have been very difficult to get off the ground because of that and because of some of the things that we talk about. So on that note, today we are joined by the fairly controversial now, Sean Kirk, a folk singer, um, songwriter from Melbourne, Australia, which is where he is joining us from. Welcome, Sean. How you going, guys? Yeah, so I heard about you recently, uh, to be honest. I was not familiar with your music before, you know, the things we're going to talk about today, but I did listen to some of it, and I think your, your music is awesome. I'm a big fan of it. Thanks, man. Black We've been dog. rocking out for the last couple <laughs> yeah, hours. Black dog is my jam. That's uh, and I also have a black dog. We do have a black. Dog. <laughs> He's laying down on the bed. But uh, I was uh, vibing with that. I loved the the fade out ending and the the ghostly uh, um, vocals that you have at the end of it. I thought it was a really really awesome song. I'm definitely gonna check out more of your music. That's for sure. Yeah. Thanks, man. So, but the reason we invited you here wasn't because of your music, as awesome as it is. Um, so I stumbled upon your post that you made. I don't know if it was originally on Facebook, but that was where I found it. Mm. I think a friend of mine had shared it. And you posted this at the end of November, so on the 23rd. Um, I'm going to read that post. I don't know if you, if you mind. I, yeah. I want to share with the audience, you know, in your own words, just so they yeah, understand. You know, I can also pull it up on the screen. Yeah, you can pull it up. So just so you understand, you know, it. why we invited Sean on the show <laughs> and we're interested in chatting with you. So I'm going to read it. Go ahead. Sean writes, I've been anticipating having to write this post for a while now and dreading it, but here goes. For a few months now, I've been taking some time to lay low, recharge, and re-energize from all of the heaviness of the past 20 months. In that time, I've been quietly keeping close eye on everything that's been going on across the world, Australia, my home state of Victoria, and my beloved city of Melbourne. To say it's been heartbreaking would be an understatement. Over the past weeks, as some restrictions have eased, I've begun to receive emails and offers from venues and festivals to return back to the stage. Offers that I would usually enthusiastically accept in a heartbeat. But unfortunately, now I'm not. And here's why. Because to say yes to these gigs right now would be to contradict much of what I've sat on stage singing about over the years. To say yes right now would be to go against everything I stand for. To say yes would be to practice, sorry, to participate in a system that is endorsing division in our society. To say yes would be to succumb to the fear. And I refuse. I know that I will lose much needed work and opportunities in this decision, and that's okay. I know there will be people who are not going to agree with me on this, and that's okay. I know that I may lose friendships and fans in this decision, and that's okay. That is the decision of each individual, and I will always meet that with love and respect. But it's a price I'm willing to pay in order to stay true to what feels right in my heart and soul. Anything less would not only be a lie to myself, but to all of you also. So here it is. As hard as it is, I have personally decided that I will not be performing at any venues, events, or festivals where medical passports are required, as I simply cannot and will not support such an alienating system, whether I'm jabbed or not. 
I believe in a society of equal opportunity for everyone, no matter their medical choices. Please understand that this is by no means a stand against the businesses who have been thrown in the deep end by our governments and coerced into enforcing these regulations. I feel for you guys and understand the pressure people are feeling right now to keep food on the table. This is a stand against our so-called leaders. Whether you want to admit it or not, history is being made right now. And I know what side of history I want to stand on. And whether you're aware of it or not, there is without a shadow of doubt an underground movement building like never before. I have seen it with my own two eyes. I have stood amongst it with my own two feet. I have felt its energy. For weeks now, I have been taking to the streets with thousands upon thousands of others. Saturdays have become weekly festivals of peaceful protest. People of every color and creed are coming together to take back what is and what has always been so rightfully theirs. To put pressure on and to overthrow a system that is no longer serving them or its purpose. And it's working. So now it's time to increase that pressure to get louder. I call on all the artists and bands out there who have preached equality in their music and songs to put their money where their mouth is and raise their voices. I call on anyone out there who has been feeling like an outcast of society during these times to reach out. You are not alone, I promise. If you have your own stories of how the past 20 months have affected you and your family and want to share them, I would love to hear from you. And if you are one of the many courageous businesses who are operating on ethics of inclusion and respect for all and pushing back against the disgusting behavior of our governments, my hat goes off to you and I would love to work with you. Enough is enough. The goal posts have been moved too many times. This shit has to stop. In the name of one people, big love to you all. <laughs> Bravo, sir. Bravo. No, Bravo. Because, you know, when I read that, I'm just like, this is what we need to see more of right now. Mm -hmm. And as much as I love so many musicians, and I'm a musician myself, I'm a drummer, and I have a lot of musician friends, I personally have been highly disappointed in the amount of them who have refused to say anything. Although, like you said here, I understand the complexity of the circumstances that have led to this. But what they're failing to realize is that although it is going to affect them in the immediate sense, if they do it now, the long-term consequences of not saying anything, I think far outweigh the immediate consequences of doing what you did right here. So, I mean, I commend you, this is brave. And I think people doing this is going to open the door to perhaps more musicians and artists also taking a stand, you know? So bravo, dude. Thanks guys. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation. Like um, I, I know, and I've, I've, you know, I've received, I think that post has been shared almost 20,000 times or something now yeah. and I've received all kinds of stories and comments from people. And, you know, the, overwhel the overwhelming majority has been positive. Um, which is interesting because, you know, when I was putting up that post, I was, I was probably expecting the opposite um, as I kind of stated in the post, but um, that just spoke to me even more, I guess, when, when, when it was just, uh, there was just this flood of, um, of support coming through um, and, you know, and the numbers on the page, you know, just like doubled um, rather than subsided. Um, that kind of just confirmed a lot of what I was talking about in the post that, 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 there's, that this is affecting everyone what's going on right now. Um, and there are a lot of people feeling that way. Um, but I understand the, the, uh, the pressure that people are under and, and, and 
you know, a lot of people have, have reached out and said, oh, you know, I'm really disappointed in this band and this band and this band. But like, you know, I guess what we've got to try and just find in all of this is just a bit of like just acceptance and, 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 and like unity, like in the, every, everyone. There has yeah, to be, because I think if people can't, like there's going to be a lot of forgiveness that needs to go around after all of this, if all of this blows over and however it blows over, that's for sure. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen yet. Like um, that, that post was just me being in the moment where I felt right then um, and just expressing that. Um, and it's like I said in the post, it, it's not to like, you know, sure. I, you know, kind of call on, on other artists in that post, but it's, it's not like, that's just my, opinion like that's it doesn't it doesn't mean like it doesn't mean anyone I expect anyone to to follow it or anything like it's just it's just me expressing myself as an individual it's it's you know it's a form of art really like it's just um I think there it's you living by your principles as well like you said well yeah it's just listening listening to what 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 was saying your own values is what it sounds like if you were to go through with that and I understand that because I feel like you know if I were in a band right now and if I were put in that position as difficult as it would be and just and I know I would do this just based on all the sacrifices and things I've made in the last 21 months in my own way I, mm. I wouldn't play venues that enforce mm. these mandates and that would be my, my decision because I would feel very unusual and and wrong about segregating a portion of my fan base absolutely and that's a huge part of it aside from just this being wrong in general but it's like to play shows where only of you know certain people who like what i do can come in and certain people can't it's like that inherently i think should feel wrong to musicians and artists and and like you said, I get it, you know, we, we can't force anyone to do anything. And yeah, I didn't get yeah. that sense either from, from your message when I read it, that you were expecting these people to do what you did. But yeah, but I think you're also making the point that, hey, if you're preaching this particular sort of message, you know, maybe you should try mm. to live, live by that a bit, you know. Totally. I, I think all, really, all this stuff, you know, are you living by that by playing at a segregated event, you know? Yeah, like I, I think, and this is once again, it's just my own personal opinion. It's, it's um, I, I think if if we all, if if everyone genuinely did that and just lived by their, you know, and stayed true to their what feels right in in their heart, not in their head. These are two different things. Like if if everyone lived by this, we'd 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 be seeing such a different world right now. Because a, a lot of people are stuck in this. Yeah. And well, that's, that's... There's a conversation between the two. And I think uh, it tends to get interrupted by the mind. And then we don't, we don't. Well, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's the, the dilemma we face right now. But that being said, I see a lot of positive stuff happening out there. Like um, just here in Australia, you know, we've, we've, we've had it pretty tough down here, especially in <laughs> Melbourne. 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 <laughs> Melbourne's yeah, the a, most locked down city in the world. Um, it is. I did some coverage on my, I had a, I had a solo channel on YouTube before it was nuked, but one of my uh, final videos um, was about the rising tide of like, crazy fascism that was happening down, down under. 
And mm. I mean, we saw just the videos coming out of Australia were just mind blowing. Yeah. You have cops tackling people because, you know, they went outside their zone or a, a guy and a girl were having a, a sandwich and a cigarette in a park, like a block from where that he lived. And the cops came over and jumped him and arrested him. And it was just absurd. It's just, it really is absurd. And we've honestly been dying to get someone from Australia to come on the show and to talk a bit more about what they've been experiencing on the ground and what it's been like over there. Cause you know, we're just seeing these stories and we're reading headlines and we're looking through and we're hearing Mm. anecdotal things, but it's always, I think better to hear directly from people, you know, who are living through it. So yeah look i can only tell my experience um and and my experience hasn't been necessarily i haven't been tackled to the ground for um for going and eating a sandwich at the park but um (laughs) you know uh i've i've laid like i said in the post i've been laying pretty low like i've i've you know probably somewhat just through everything that's been going on secluded myself to some degree and i'm kind of introverted anyway so like in 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 some regard you know when when you know they announced lockdowns last year i was kind of like there was part of me that at the very beginning was kind of like cool i get to just hide away by myself for i a while. think uh, cool. a lot of artists probably had a similar sort of reaction to that so yeah like we're like oh my god well i guess i'm gonna just make stuff and like be be alone and be creative you know mm, but it was by about lockdown seven i think that um <laughs> You're like, All right, that, this is a that i started to realize that that wasn't healthy um and that i was starting to go a bit you know just my head was starting to play tricks on me and um that i was i was highly feeling highly emotional and just all the effects of what i think uh, what a lot of people are going through right now is post-traumatic stress disorder agreed yeah mm. well it seems like <clears throat> i was uh, earlier on twitter today i mentioned the fact that kind of what we're experiencing collectively is a version of munchausen by proxy and this is this like psychological form of abuse usually it's parent on child where the parent sort of uh, treats the child as if they're sick or they have some sort of chronic condition. They need, you know, they, they can't go outside because they're too fragile or they always have to have their inhaler with them. One of the kids in it, for example, had a very good example of this Munchausen uh, type thing. But what we're seeing is almost like that on a macro social scale where the, where the government, uh, governments really of, uh, and organizations around the world are just treating healthy people as if they're potential carriers of some, you know, deadly pathogen when in reality, you know, the IFR is less than 1%. It's, it's not a particularly virulent and deadly disease and we shouldn't be overreacting to it because, you know, what happens when something, you know, actually scary and deadly does come along that kills, you know, five, 10, 20% of the infected. It's going to be, mm-hmm. The people are like, if this is how we handled something that was like, you know, relatively minor in terms of its uh, ability to kill, like it, it scares me to think about what could happen if we had like a real serious disease that well, broke then, out. Then it makes you question why the hysteria was pushed at all, you know, because it certainly was pushed by the institutions of power. And they, you know, whether they created a crisis or not, I don't even think matters at this point. I think it's just a, it's a matter of acknowledging like, okay, the crisis was taken advantage of and clearly governments have overstepped their, their pounds and have taken power beyond what they should have had in the first place. And normally when people in power take power, they don't just give it back. That's not how this works. And mm. It's a slippery slope. And, I, and if, if a lot of people sounded the alarm very early. People like us were talking about this very early. Some people, you know, it took a little longer for them to come around 
and to finally realize like okay this is like an indefinite thing they're not going to just relinquish these uh emergency powers that they have taken they're going to push this as far as, as they can and and that that's what yeah but and this is something i've been thinking about a lot like i, I yeah I, I totally hear and acknowledge everything you've just said um but and you know call me an optimist or whatever but what I'm seeing yeah, here in Australia, we need, little, we need some white pills, man. It's, it's looking dark. <laughs> what, what I'm seeing here in Australia is, um, and and in Melbourne, and and you know, every time that you know a new, you know, they 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 bring in one of these new mandates or whatever, and then they take it away, and then they try and put it back, or every time that something gets added to the the uh, you know, call it a um, the concoction. Um, it becomes less and less intimidating to people. So they cut like, if, if this is the case, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, um, say that I know what's going on or, you know, I've got my own thoughts and stuff and, um, uh, you know, and I, I hear everyone else's, um, you know, thoughts and opinions and, and take that in and just, you know, store that information in my head and then, you know, navigate the world the best I can. But if, um, uh, I've forgotten where I was going with that now. Um, I just think that every time, from what I'm seeing, every time something gets added to the pot, people become less and less, they're kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, and no, I'm not, no, I don't feel comfortable with that anymore. And I'm done with that. And you can, you know, kind of the saying over here in Australia is you can shove up your ass. Like, uh, the um, protests there, you know, I guess talk about that a bit because you, yeah, tell us mm, the experience you, with yeah, those. I'm you said curious. in your post, you know, you've been attending them. And yeah, what's that been like? You know, we've seen a lot of footage and some of them were massive from what we saw. So. I'm like, don't say anything that could get you in trouble because I know the we're police. already in trouble. Well, no, I mean, the better police <laughs> to show up at your door because, oh, you know, no, for reasons. No, I don't think that's going to happen because that's not my, I'm not, I'm not approaching this in that regard. My, my key message in all this is, is, um, is love and respect and choice, you know, like that's, yeah. that's what I'm focusing on. Um, uh, you know, I don't doubt that there's, you know, some kind of virus out there going on. I, I'm not, I'm, I would, I would never, um, you know, deny that, you know, there's, there's enough evidence to suggest, yes, there is. Yeah. People get, there's, there's also, as you said, there's, there's enough evidence to suggest that, um, it's, you know, it's getting, um, much more, uh, uh, you know, the, the rules that are being put around, it might be exaggerated, you know, um, compared to what viruses and stuff that we've seen in the past. Um, but in terms of the, the, uh, the protests and stuff, yeah, I mean, I started, so in Melbourne, we kind of, we went into another lockdown, I think in about July. Um, and I had a tour lined up at that time. Um, and I, you know, I think call it instinct. I just knew that tour probably wasn't going to go ahead. Sure enough, lockdowns came into play a, a, a couple of weeks before the tour was going to take off. And um, I decided that by by that time, I sent out emails to all the venues, kind of just explaining that this continual like shifting of the dates, because I'm still self-managed and doing all that work in the background, wasn't, was no longer a valuable use of my energy. It was actually taking more energy than it was giving. So I decided that enough was enough and I had to push those dates right back to April, May. And I'm still hopeful that they'll happen, but I'm watching the situation pretty closely. Yeah. Um, 
and I'll, I'll make some calls on that in the coming weeks and months because obviously here in here in Melbourne and Australia those mandates are still in place so um, you know everyone can make their own um, yeah. assumptions about that but my, my feeling is that you know well obviously what I've said is is if those mandates are to continue um, those dates won't go ahead um, so yeah back to the protests I mean they started they started when the lockdowns happened and that's when we saw rubber bullets and everything starting to come out we saw and I watched it all on live feeds um, and and that to me was a real tipping point I think where I went no something's really changed here in Melbourne because Melbourne is you know for many years now has been widely regarded as the most livable city in the world and the most livable city in the world doesn't doesn't shoot their their uh their citizens for protesting you know um now can i understand uh some of the the reasons that people were being um pushed encouraged not to protest because we were in a lockdown that said that you couldn't go outside of 5k's of your home and you couldn't gather and all that yes i get all that but it comes down to ethics really like do we do we think that do we think that um you know just because our governments say um that something's going on that we can no longer protest like to me that is a that is just a democratic right like no matter what's going on if you if you see something in the world that doesn't sit right with you and there's you know one or two or twenty thousand thirty thousand five hundred thousand of you you know that that's your democratic kind of right to go and 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 voice that opinion like um in some regard so and then by by um uh november, late october november we we finally got let out of the cage so to speak and uh and i started attending these protests um legally um and and what i saw was pretty incredible because everyone that was at those protests were uh, or the you know the overwhelming majority of people that I saw at those protests were not what they were being made out to be in in mainstream media and they were not these Typical. crazy yeah they're not, not these crazy you know right-wing extremists you know all that kind of stuff they they were they were mothers and fathers and they were um you know they were just kind loving individuals and and that's why i wanted to go to the protest just to like to to stop making assumptions from afar and actually go and be in it and and then make a a you know a distinctive decision from there i guess as to as to you know what what was being what was going down and and, and so I, I i i kind of after that first protest where i would assume there was 20 to 30,000 people in melbourne um uh i i decided to that like that was my that was my thing now i was just every saturday i was going to go and attend one of these things and it grew substantially within within three so the first one was you know and this is being i think um you know very uh um uh just being being un under under assuming um there was there was 20 to thirty thousand people there that i could assume on the on the first week and then by the second week i could assume that there was 80 to ninety thousand, possibly a hundred thousand so it doubled in a week 
And then by the third week, there was possibly 250,000 to 350,000, if not more. And then by, by, and then the following week kind of felt around about the same, maybe a tiny bit uh, less. Uh, And then, and then, uh, you know, we've, we've seen, so our premier here in Victoria has passed some, this crazy legislation um, um, and, and the numbers have started to kind of drop off since then. So, um, which is understandable. Like I, I do think that um, protest fatigue is a bit of a thing. So it's tiresome and, and it's, it's a lot to like physically put yourself in situations like that too. And I've been to you know, quite a few protests in my day. Mm. So I understand that it is taxing. It's an exhausting thing. And, you know, I commend the people who, who do it, I guess, for whatever reason, even reasons that I don't agree with, you know, like you Absolutely. said, it's, like it's, that, that, that is, that is your right. You it's, know? The right it's the right of it, you know, and, and, and I think like, it's a matter of principle, like you said, it's ethics, you know, it's an ethical decision sort of thing here. And, you know, we're, we're the same. We feel it's, it's a matter of choice. Like we've had people on the show who've gotten the shot and we've had people on the show who haven't gotten the shot. And totally. No, and the thing that we all sort of share in common is is this idea of, of ethical choice and and inf- informing people, you know, giving them the facts and the full information of what they're doing, and then allow allowing them to choose, not coercing or forcing and that sort of thing. So, YouTube. Uh, yeah, the, the, the interesting it. thing is um, when you say you've had people on the, on the show that you know have or have not, like. Um, the interesting thing about that that I see is like, you know, the fact that we're, we're, you know, not being forced, but um, openly kind of disclosing that information um, and that's expected. Yeah. That to me is, uh, you know, that's questionable. Like, like when in the past has that been expected, you know, that that should be how you open your conversation. Like, um, and why why is that? we don't bring guests on and we're like, Hey, what's your vaccination? Status? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. They'll, they'll tell us sometimes. And I mean, when it comes to ours, we're pretty vocal that we haven't gotten it and that we won't get mm-hmm. it. But what it comes down to is in the current political climate and can't due to a medical condition. Yeah. But in the current situation of how things are, and if the unvaccinated weren't being sort of demonized as a group, I wouldn't be sharing that information. I would have no reason to openly state like, Hey, I'm not getting this. Mm. right but it's the fact that people like us are being portrayed in this particular way it's like you forced me into into a position where now i kind of have to declare on my own principle like hey i'm not getting this and here's why otherwise i would have no reason to tell you that you know if you weren't forcing it upon me it would be like oh you got it great i didn't get it you know if that comes up in conversation but like you said it's weird now that we have a society in which it's kind of expected for people to just outright share that information to not just get into events but you're seeing people do this in their social lives whether like oh well you can't you can't attend my baby shower unless you have your vaccination Mm. that sort of thing and it's uh, it's literally like breaking up families breaking up friendships it's just it's bizarre i've never seen anything like it um at least not since mm. i've been alive to 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 me to me the the that question have you or haven't you is a distraction yeah from 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 the real issue here um which is 
is you know that that's you know have you or haven't you that that's kind of just it's still just falling into the us versus them mentality like it's all and we've all got to kind of find a way to meet in the middle and remember that that's actually where we're strongest um I think choice is that middle ground you know and we've totally. said we've said it before on the show and we've you know said it to people who have disclosed their status to us and then whether they have or hadn't but what it comes down to is if you're for choice and if you're against these mandates whether you got the shot doesn't matter to me we mm. we're, we're on the same side here we are on the side of reality of freedom of you know allowing people to make their own health decisions etc and it doesn't matter to me whether you got the injection or not that is your prerogative um if you are for my choice to not get it we are on the same side and i think yeah if we absolutely. further emphasize that and get past the division then maybe we can win in this this sort of fight but the propaganda is strong you know and like i said they're demonizing people who haven't gotten it to the point where like look at the language the unvaccinated it's like these are human beings these are people mm. You know, like you said, you go out there and you talk to them, you're like, these are mothers and fathers and, and workers and, you know, they're, they're human. So, so that, that, yeah, I love the point of the language because I'm a big believer that language is, is, is really important. You know, that's, that's all, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that, you know, the, the human mind is the original computer, you know, like, and so what you, what you put into that computer, what you program into that computer is what results you'll see. So uh to me yeah the, the language is is something that we all need to um be really aware of and and start paying more attention and and finding you know ways to because i think yeah that that the un um instantly puts um this uh what would you call it like it's it's like it's it's like belittling you know like instantly so um, and I saw someone write a post about this the other day that I thought was brilliant. And it, it talked about maybe, maybe replacing un, taking un away from the beginning and putting free at the end. Um, because that's liberating. That's, that's, you know, that's, I, I'm standing in my power and I am vaccine free. I like you that. Know, like, I like that a lot. And that's okay. Um, and when you, the point you make there is interesting because un literally like means not or without, uh, it's a negative prefix. So it's sort of, you know, just by the nature of language, it sort of implies that you, you know, should have this less than or yeah. not than, or, you know, whatever. But when you say free, mm. it kind of makes it all a positive thing. You're adding to it. I like that a lot. Yeah. I just think, you yeah, know, even referring to people as vaccinated that too it's a little dehumanizing that too you know you're not a vaccinated person or an unvaccinated person you're a freaking person you're just your mm. you know what your status is of whether or not you got a particular medical intervention does not should not classify you as as a certain category of person but that that's what we're seeing happening now in society is you know like like brent and i for example you know we we're living in new york city and we, we saw all of this happening, you know, the lockdowns, and we knew that it was going to get worse. We were one of the people who were very early on saying, like, look, they're going to push a passport of some sort, and they're going to mm. want you to, to disclose this information. People were like, oh, you're crazy, you're conspiracy theorists. Now, when you don't agree with the passports that it's already happened, you're still crazy, you're a conspiracy theorist, even though we were right, but whatever. The point is, we're second-class citizens now in New York mm. City. 
And that's a really unusual thing. Like, you know, we've had to leave, we're settling somewhere else now, but it's weird to almost feel like a political refugee in the United States. I've never, it's just not the type of place that you think that that would happen in. And we're lucky, you know, we've talked about this too on the show. Like we can like uproot, leave one state, go to another state that's more free. And people who are dealing with this on a countrywide level, you know, places like Austria and stuff, it's like, you you can't do that. You can't go to another part of Austria. You have to like leave your entire country to mm. find somewhere else more open or free so you could actually make a living and, and do what you got to do, you know? Or yeah. in and, and get the shot or, or stay and resist. You know, people are making all of these really hard decisions. Do I stay and resist? Do I just cave in and get the shot so I can do my thing and feed my family? Or do I like uproot myself and, and leave and go somewhere else where I can just live free? And I don't mm, know. Yeah, like, and, and you know, um, I think uh, a lot, you know, I hear in, in some of you, even just your languages, then saying, and I've done it myself, I'm totally guilty of, of speaking, you know, in, in a similar regard, you know, saying that you um that you're a second class citizen um or that you're you're you know you're unfree and yes to, like i absolutely acknowledge that i don't I feel... think i am i don't think yeah. i'm a second class citizen what i mean is that that is how we are seen politically now and just mm. by the rules of the city of new york city that is totally but i guess where i was going to go with that is is that um this is an opportunity for us all to realize what true freedom is and true freedom is not dictated by outer circumstances true freedom comes from within um and and this the way i see it personally is this is an opportunity to challenge that like on probably the greatest level that we've ever seen across the, the globe and and the more of us that that own that we are free um despite whatever external it, it, you know um external circumstances we face we, we you know at the end of the day and this might sound a bit bloody i don't know jibber jabber whatever but um at the end of the day we are all soul like we are we are soul individuals having a human experience right and and so um you know and, and it's 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 hard like i'm still working on it myself but it's a big concept to to um to comprehend and i'm not disregarding that there are there are wrongdoings going on out there but um you know to me personally this it feels like this is a great opportunity for us to realize uh, our truest nature which is that we are free despite what's going on around us does that kind of make sense? I understand. I mean, diamonds are forged in pressure and swords are forged in heat as well. And I think, on, mm. you know, it's during trying times that people truly show their true colors and rise to the occasion. Not everyone does, but I think you're right. I think as, as whole, humanity has a chance now to sort of rise to the occasion and say, am I going to choose freedom or am I going to choose tyranny? And it sounds so simple when you put it like that but maybe it is that simple you know when it comes to <laughs> but yeah I, are you, are you pro-authoritarian or are you pro-freedom like and i think mm. no matter where you fall on the freedom spectrum as long as you're <laughs> on that side i think you know we could all sort of find that middle ground that we talked about but 
Yeah, like I, I think that what we're seeing right now is just a, an accumulation of, of how we've been treating ourselves for a very long time now. Um, and it's seen in, you know, I mean, you guys see it over there, the obesity rates and all that kind of thing. It's, it's people not, not taking care of themselves. Yeah, like, and so let's emphasize that you know like many are saying oh well it emphasized the the flaws in the healthcare system and i think to some extent it, it emphasized that too but it definitely going back to language it, there yeah the going, flaws sorry, just in people's like diet and their health and how people treat treat their own bodies and we know that the people like you said who were obese they were the ones who got hit hardest by this you know they were the most totally. susceptible to to covid actually being devastating to them 100 yeah a bit go, going back to to language once again you know we've got to really ask is it a healthcare system is it is it a healthcare system because yeah. a healthcare system a good point. would would encourage health like it would it you Exercise, know food vitamins and we didn't, didn't find that advice from these people we found you know stay away from people stay inside which is like some of the worst advice you could first time, give someone for a the first time i got suspended from twitter it was because i was commenting on an article uh, and I added some some alternative possibilities, you know, like taking vitamin D, taking vitamin C, getting exercise, getting good sleep. I was like, these are all things you can do to improve your health. And uh, they did, somebody reported it and Twitter gave me like a week ban over it. So well, specifically improve your immune system. Right, but because I was a nobody on Twitter and I was giving sort of general medical advice about how to, you know, improve your immune system, even though these things are all, you know, it's established. It's not like I was just talking on my ass, but they did not like that. And they were like, no, squelch. Yeah. Well, it's because you proposed an alternative to the... Right, they don't want any alternatives. The, the shots. Yeah, they don't want any alternatives. There can be no alternatives. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy. So I'm going to pivot a bit away from the dark, the dark stuff um, <laughs> and ask Sean a bit more about himself, you know, and music. Let's go back to music because mm. we love music. We've had musicians on the show before. This is not a new thing for us. And we always wanted the show to just to not just focus on world events and politics and, and those sorts of things, but also culture and art. And I think my personal opinion is I think that is actually the, the best weapon we have in this is to, you know, use, use our art to tell the truth and to, to bear witness of what we're seeing right now and to, to record, you know, to, to see, to create from it. And I think that's how we kind of get that message out there. So how did you get started in music? Um, I read a bit about, you know, on Wikipedia earlier and I was like, oh, here's a Wikipedia. But I think I'll let you tell some of the stories and I won't go into some of that stuff, but you're... I don't even know what's on there. <laughs> uh, there was some intro, I mean, apparently you like broke your foot or something. You like broke your ankle. Or... Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, I mean, tell us a bit about that and just how you started writing songs and doing the festival circuit and all that stuff around Australia. And you won some Grammys too. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> is that on Wikipedia, is it? That's on, on uh, Facebook. Oh, no, no, no. Um, one of your amazing artists over there, Fantastic Negrito, had quoted um, something, I think, and he's a four-time Grammy winner now, I think. Okay. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't okay, won any yeah, Grammys. One of the best one-man shows I've ever seen, Fantastic Negrito, three times Grammy I Award see. winner. Okay, so yeah. you're approved by a Grammy Award winner, <laughs> yeah. but a future Grammy Award winner. But yeah. Hey, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Wait so, yeah, and see. You know, going to that, what's your journey been like and music and all that? What does it mean to you? 
yeah, like I, I didn't really pick up a guitar until I was 16 and then, um, and then broke my ankle about a year later. And that kind of, at the time I was right into my sports, you know, I was, um, I, I was, you know, I was not so interested in school, but the one day that I would always turn up to school was the athletics carnival. Um, and I, you know, and, uh, yeah, breaking my ankle obviously forced me to sit, you know, and sit still for a long period of time. And that's kind of when the love with the guitar grew. And from there started writing some songs and think, I, I think I actually wrote my first song in, in a hospital bed, um, pretty much. According um, to Wikipedia, we yeah, this is true. <laughs> we, we won't go into that because, um, it was awful, but, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I, I, I'm fortunate to grow up in a part of Melbourne out in the eastern kind of southeastern suburbs where there was a lot of like open mic nights, um, jam nights. I don't know what you guys call them over there, but yeah, um, no, open mics. Is, yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of them. And, and so by the time I'd got my license at 18 to drive a car around, I was, I was, I, I had one for every night of the week that I'd go to and I'd hang out at them till you know, two, three in the morning. And then I turn up to school the next day at 1 PM and the teachers nice. would pretty much tell me to fuck off. And <laughs> so I'd happily turn around and walk back out the door, go home, you know, write some stuff and then try it out again that night at the open mic night. And then, uh, you know, it's just natural kind of knock on effect. Those open mic nights started turning into little paid gigs. And before you know it, I was doing paid gigs every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in, in Melbourne. And then, from there, you know, wanted to branch out more and started touring around the country and, um, and then got on the festival scene and, 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 you know, more recent times or, or prior, just prior to everything that's, um, that's, we've started, you know, that started to happen throughout the world. I was, um, touring in Canada and really starting to branch out overseas. And that's still, still where I see myself going, um, you know, in the next, however many years because i'm kind of i'm in it for life so yeah i think it's when it's in you it's in you you know as a creative person it is interesting too like the weird life circumstances too that that set us on our particular paths and it is funny you know you start off as an athlete and then you know you, you break your ankle and then it's like now i'm forced to spend all this time not being active in that way what am i going to do with myself and you know you pick up this thing and that changes your entire life path into another direction. So mm. in retrospect, it's always fun, I think, to look back at those seemingly unfortunate events that turn out to be, you know, the the thing that set us were in the direction that we needed to go in the first place. So oh, maybe that's what's happening right now. Maybe. <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> I you know, you say maybe, I say that's definitely yeah. what's happening Not now. Enough. Like it's just it's the way of the world. It's, it's law of attraction. Like, you know, um, after, you know, after a dark period that you always go through this light period, like, um, and I think, you know, we've probably had it pretty good globally for a while now. Like, um, and so, you know, you know, by no means do I think that anything or a lot of the, the atrocities and everything that are going on across the world are, are right. But, um, you know, unfortunately, and I say this with total empathy, sometimes that stuff, you know, sometimes you need to break your ankle to, in order to, you know, to 
grow a stronger angle ankle and and you know and 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 go down a life path that you didn't see yourself going down but then it leads you to all these amazing possibilities um to talk to people across the world um you know and and connect with individuals across the world and and travel the world and all those things like that that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that really 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 painful moment of breaking my ankle like my ankle was literally like it was turned i looked down and my foot was not facing the right way like, <laughs> you're like that don't look right i hope i never have to know what that feels like but it's all necessary and you know and in my own journey like i, I you know i by 2014 i think it was i was in talks with a major manager over there in the states in la and signed with him and the idea was that um you know we were going to try and get a record deal for the for a, an album i'd released in 2014 called steer the wheel um and now, by most recent record correct no no most recent is an ep that i released in 2019 okay. just prior to, to everything happening but um that was the one i heard was that mm, yeah yeah most of the old stuff has 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 kind of been taken down since um but you know to to go back to the the management deal and the record deal we we, we found someone that was interested in the record about six months later and then that fell through in really weird circumstances where they just kind of i had the, the paper in my hand it was a really fair deal amazing deal actually just 50 50 split of the profits and um kind of unheard of in this day and age in terms of record deals and um and and then they just you know i was ready to sign and and then i got a, a email from my manager that was forwarded of um uh an email that had bounced that he tried to get in contact with the record label and they just disappeared hmm. and we didn't you know he tried to call the office and they were gone and then i got on their website and it was gone oh jesus and i was 26 and totally unprepared for that i just thought you know i thought i was you know <laughs> Uh, I was just on fire, you know, and everything was just going to happen. But life knocked me for six and um, and I fell back and into a really, really dark depression there that almost ended my life, admittedly. And but after after I came out of that, you know, I, I've, I've grown from that so substantially. Um, and once again, it's just it's it's just the way of 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 the world that that sometimes these dark moments um lead to they're, they're necessary in order to build the strength you know you don't go to the gym um and and just do you know just really piss weak workouts and expect yeah. to become a bodybuilder you know like it's have to push yourself you have to break those, those muscle fibers so they can repair yeah those painful moments are are necessary in order to grow stronger and bigger and better if that's what you want not everyone wants that some not people just want to yeah. just cruise through life and that's okay like just don't expect that don't complain that you're not getting anywhere if you're not putting in the work it's true i agree i agree yeah no mu music has definitely been a savior for me in many many ways and i think you know when i was in those darkest of places it was always great to have my instrument to fall back on. And although I haven't like pursued it in as serious of a way as you have career-wise, you know, I've been in a few bands, I've toured around a little bit and played some shows. And it, I think the people you meet for music is my favorite part about it. And you, like, I never forget someone I played music with. 
mm. ever. It's like you you make some sort of like spiritual bond with them. I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like you're having a, like a spiritual sort of conversation with them and you don't forget that person. You, you kind of Absolutely. Like, wow, I remember you. We jammed that one time at that one party and it's like, that was amazing. It was like great sex. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like it's, it, yeah, I, I absolutely believe in just like energy, you know, and, and that we're all just kind of, you know, atoms kind of bouncing off each other at the end of the day. And um, yeah, like music is the international language, you know, like anyone can strum a guitar or play a beat on the drum anywhere in the world. And, you know, even if you guys can't even say hello to each other, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to like go, yeah, I hear, you, you know, like, um, that's just the power of music. It's, it's yeah, musicians who don't even speak the same language, like you said, could sit down and just literally play with each other, not even how totally. to talk and communicate verbally what they want to say, but they could sit down and one could play something and the other could play something and they could sit down and just vibe. You don't even have to speak the same language. It happens. I've, I've had experiences like that myself where, you know, at a festival or whatever, you meet someone and they barely speak a word of English. And I don't know what, I would never know how to ask them what language they speak. And, um, and, and yeah, we've sat down and, and you know, communicated through music. It's, um, it's a really powerful instrument. I think art's the same, you know, like anyone can look at, I mean, it is all art. It's all art. like art is the expression of the soul. Like, um, you know, anyone can look at a, a Van Gogh painting or, a, you know, a, a Banksy on the, on the wall somewhere in New York city or whatever, like, and, and look at it and go, Oh yeah, I, I can, I think I see what's being communicated there, you know? Um, and that's that's powerful shit. <laughs> I think I think it's uh, also one of the reasons the lockdowns have hit so hard in many ways mentally as well because people were deprived of seeing live music, of being in situations where they could perform it and things like that. And if you're a musician, that is like the most painful thing there is because. And I know this because, again, I have so many musician friends and as much as they love writing music and all that process and recording, it's a lot of that is grueling. Their favorite part is always performing. It's going out there mm. and playing the songs and feeling the energy from the crowd. And the crowd gets energy from that too. It's therapeutic. And to just lock everyone away in the way they have and to just take some of the most important like mechanisms they have to deal with, like stress and and suffering of the world etc i think it just it further exacerbated the mental health issues and all of that stuff that we're we're seeing happening right now you know from the isolation yeah absolutely i i uh i when everything when we went into lockdown last year i decided i was gonna you know i was pretty aware of, of that that people are gonna you know through all this isolation people are gonna need and crave that sense of community and so i kind of took it upon myself to start doing i think it was even at one point i was doing two or three shows from um you know live stream shows from uh, my little studio um uh and you know it was a really interesting experience because yeah like you know every interaction is is an exchange of energy um but there's obviously a spectrum of that um so you know we sit here and talk like this right now and you know i instant, I, feel, I feel a connection there like we're, we're we're exchanging words and we're communicating and we're exchanging that energy but um yeah the spectrum is different and so those shows physically sitting there to 
next to each other having this conversation yeah i think it would certainly have a, a stronger energetic absolutely resonance. you know we'd give each other a hug at the end and like it exactly. you know and yeah and shake hands and everything you know it's it's all different um and that's that's a challenge that we face right now i guess and and those shows you know I think I did 70 of them or something in the space of about three or six months or something like that. Um, and, 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 and everyone, you're, you're not getting that, that physical exchange of energy. And, and it, it actually just drew like threw me into a wall in the end. And I just had to go nah, guys, like, I can't do this for a while. Like I, I love this. This is great. And we had that sense of community going on and, you know, there was absolute strangers connecting with each other through, through chat on Facebook and um, YouTube and all that, and literally forming friendships um, through those shows, just like they would if they were at the bar watching the show. Um, so that was extremely, extremely um, rewarding for me personally to see, because that was kind of my intention of it all. But uh, yeah, that, that, that lack of, physical interaction and engagement and you know the 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 energy of hands clapping or people singing along um in a physical sense we were having we were having online sing-alongs which was cool like everyone was kind of singing some of the songs in the comments and I was you know I was being the the larrikin that I am I was encouraging that and um, I, I, I I'm for that stuff I think the live stream streaming of music and all of that and concerts kind of going digital I think we can integrate that for sure totally. into the new i don't i want to say the new world i was I almost said the new normal i was like, don't fucking say <laughs> that. But, watch that language <laughs> but i i'm not opposed to that and i understand why many many musicians tried to find other ways to monetize their craft in a digital way after the situation they were put in uh, devin townsend's one of my favorite musicians uh, i don't mm. know him he's from canada and He's weird. He does all types of genre bending and mixing of like metal and pop rock and all types of weird shit. Like he's amazing. Check out Devin Townsend. He's an artist. Yeah. He, um, he did that too. He was doing periodic live concerts and um, he had some with like a band, some of them. I remember one of them, he had the members record their parts from like across the country, like different places and stuff. And then he threw it all together into a live performance but online yeah and you know i think it's great that musicians are adapting in those ways but i do agree i think something is lost when you don't have the physical presence there and i think we shouldn't get too comfortable with just doing everything this way and you know because then it just further it further justifies them having to push more mandates and be like oh well they're okay with it you know look they adapted they have digital shows it's like all right we'll do this for a while but like we need to open shit again like come on man you know yeah yeah i i i, I we're, we, yeah it's obviously necessary i mean di digital the digital realm offers us so many opportunities that we've never seen before and they're amazing but it's that fine line of how you know how far do we want to step away from the physical um and you know would we even survive if we we step right into the digital you know like what, what yeah. like at the end of the day we all need food and we all need um interaction physical interaction and, and all these things to but stay I, I thought i could just put a headset on and then have a yeah. feeding tube that i just kind of uh, continue <laughs> yeah hours and hours uh, like, I don't know. Sean, who knows who knows we i mean who who's to say like you know, obviously, 
you know, back when, I don't know, when TV became a thing or when planes started, you know, the, the Wright brothers or whatever started flying planes. I'm sure there was absolute uproar and absolute, um, you know, anxiety about the, 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 radio. the radio too. People are like, what the hell is this thing? I have a newspaper, dude. I don't need this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's it's nothing we've never been through before, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and you know, and the far majority of the time, I think these things do end up um, benefiting us. But there's, you know, like anything, there's, there's positives and negatives to anything. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just, you know, I guess we just got to stay weary of that and, and conscious of that, like, um, and then work together as one, not us and them. Like, I think that's another just big problem in all this, this us versus them mentality. I have my it's, dark side of the moon shirt on. Yeah. We're, we're at the end of the day, we, we are all one. Like we, when we, and the more that we can connect with that and, and really, this is just, once again, my opinion, you know, the more that we, we stay connected to that, the healthier we are as a society. Um, and we all have a role to play, every single one of us. And, um, and we've got to continually, you know, keep on checking each other and, and, um, and, and recognising that, that we are all, we all have individual power, you know, that we're not powerless individuals, like, we all have power to some degree or to large degrees um, as individuals. And, and like, we should own that shit. (laughs) I think it's the cumulative ordinary events and acts of like kindness and helping people like that stuff is what changes things more than anything. And, And it's, it's cumulative, you know, it's like, if we all sort of just did one nice thing, like, that that alone would improve things immensely and you know and I, I i take the peterson approach with this stuff too it's like look if you can't make things better the least you can do is don't make shit worse mm. <laughs> no maybe yeah. don't try to fix it if you think you're gonna break it just because you might make it worse and i think that's kind of what's uh what's happening too with these restrictions is although people got on board with this stuff thinking maybe and you know and i and i think most people did truly believe they were doing it for good intentions and they were they were helping um, you know, these solutions became more devastating than these the, the problem that they were intended to, quote unquote, solve. Or created problems. Created more problems, problems, additional problems, all, all that stuff. Um, Sean, I wanted to ask you, uh, as an artist in Melbourne, from your perspective, how do, like, what is the artistic community, like, how do they vibe with the lockdowns? How do they feel about it? You know, what was your uh experience there are most because in new york city for example most of the like broadway community the the museums etc cetera, etc cetera, they were all very pro lockdown you know this is what we have to do you know to keep everyone safe um is that what you saw from your perspective there with like you know you know people in the music scene or are you getting like support like are there other musicians say who are like hey i see what you're doing and i support you or have you been shunned no, not at all. I, I, I mean, in terms of have I been shunned? No, not at all. Um, but to go back to um, the original question, yes, there, there was a heavy, um, a heavy call it a campaign to this. This is this is what we must do in order to get back to live music. And I saw that early on, and it kind of concerned me because the, the 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 idea that um, this this health crisis was was not and the that we were all 
um, this is once again just my opinion, but that that we're all focusing on not necessarily the health, but just getting back to life, like um, getting back to uh, you know being able to to go to a show and that was that was the main driver of the the campaign if if you want to call it that um that that to me just to me personally felt concerning that 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 wasn't about this will make you healthier or this will necessarily um improve your health it was about if you do this then you can have your life back that that was the subtle message that I saw personally behind it all that concerned me. Um, and, and I, you know, um, was watching that pretty closely. Um, but in terms of like, since that post, have I been shunned? No, not at all. And are there other musicians that have reached out and said that they feel the same way? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Um, are there, um, uh really kind of significant artists over here that have reached out or that have have shown a similar kind of stance not not so much yet a couple um but by no means an overwhelming majority or anything um hey you're in the ranks of eric clapton now so (laughs) high company to be in and they the media try to tear him apart when he took his stance on this so I think we could also, we'll probably see that changing over time as, you know, as things go on and mm. they continue to try to, you know, push the, what I think we're on, what variant are we on now? Um, <laughs> Which Omicron. variant? Which variant? Yeah, like, I, yeah, look, I've seen a lot going on in the background. That's all I'll say that, 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 that makes me believe that that's the case. Yes, that what you just said is and described is. Uh, what we we may well see play out is that there there are people that are um, starting to feel or maybe have always kind of felt similar, but they've you know everyone's everyone's just trying to survive right now, and and there there are there can be consequences to these things, um, and each individual kind of just has to um, assess you know what's right for them at that particular moment and that's okay totally there's some people that can be very vocal and speak out and you know risk income and there are some people that kind of can't yeah well that's partly why we do this because it's not as big of a risk for us as say it would be you know like for someone who has like multiple kids and or like a very well-established career that sort of thing so I do understand the difficult choices people are having to make but Mm. you know it it is to the point where it's hard to to keep excusing it as this drags on and on and especially as people like us do end up uh, taking the majority of the blows for everyone Mm. and you know, we get messages sometimes, and I think Zuby. Sorry, just to just to really quickly jump in on that. Are, are you taking the blows because you're expecting an expect an outcome from others, or are you taking the blows because you're staying true to yourself? It's because I'm true to myself. Because uh, I think the stuff we went through over the last 21 months, honestly, most people would not have chosen that. Um, oh, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, it would have been far easier for me to just go along with all of this stuff. Um, We're also both pretty loudmouth Italians. Yeah. Well, we've yeah. always been loud. <laughs> it definitely, uh, it's. I mean, I think I think it is just who we are, and it's our it's our values, it's our principles. But what I mean yeah. is, um, 
you know, there does come a point where people are going to have to take responsibility for themselves as, as well, you know, and we don't just do this for us. We are doing it for other people. And mm. I think, uh, I'm trying to find this post really quick because Zuby kind of made an interesting point. Oh, isn't he great? I'm loving his post. I love him. So, Zuby's so big. Wonderful commentator. He's great. Uh, hell is it? He's been like, he's been really on point with. I love how he handles his antagonists because it's, he's just. He has a way with words, definitely. Where is it? But it, it was something about like you know people send him messages all the time in private that you know oh I'm so I'm so glad that you're saying these things or I agree with you but they won't come out publicly and you know he was talking about how he I guess finds it a little hard to appreciate that now here it is he said uh, people think I appreciate it when they DM or email me saying they agree with what I say but they can't say so publicly for fear of mm. mob or getting canceled but yeah. don't appreciate it you're part of the problem mass cowardice is how things got this far yeah and mm. put a caption on instagram stop participating in the lie and you know i understand this perspective because i've been in this position too and i have had people who are like you know i think what you're doing is so brave and all this and that and i appreciate those messages i'm not saying that i don't but there mm. is that part of us that is exhausted by this shit, man. And it would be mm. nice to have others kind of come in and take some of the burden. And because mm. we're we are doing it on behalf on their behalf too, not just on ours. So yeah. that was but, the, but you know, the, I think from what I can see that that is happening. Like it, it's it's happening. It just might not be maybe as happening uh, happening as quickly as you want it to, or um. Been like two years, man. We are American. <laughs> been like two Very years. Quick. Just yeah, like, but it, it is it's been you know, a while. You know, this stuff yeah. is dragging on for quite a fucking while, and totally. And and look, it's it's probably going to drag on for longer. Like that's just it, it is what it is. Like um, but you know once again just going back to and once again just my own personal opinion like the the law of attraction like you know these these what feel like darker moments you know do just naturally we've seen it time and time and time and time and time again over history they do prevail at, like into a, a lighter time um i think it's just it's yeah it's just hard to see at the moment like but you, you know do you think things could get darker before they get brighter again do i think yeah absolutely like I, i'm i'm not gonna sit here like i believe in all kinds of possibility like um but i'm i'm by no means a you know i can't see the future so it would be silly of me to sit here and and say i know what's going to happen i don't like we, none of us do that's that's yeah. kind of the the beauty of life believe it or not is its unpredictability it's the beauty but it's also the problem yeah well it's, there, it's, there, are, there are things you can sort of predict i don't want to say like prophecy or whatever but you can read patterns and, and i think if, if you're paying close enough attention you can sort of get a general feel when things are heading in a certain direction for sure you know like yeah. i said a lot, a lot of people were were sounding the alarm on this stuff pretty early um mm. maybe not enough but there there was plenty of people who saw very early on like like hey guys this is where this is heading mm. so i think it is possible to read the patterns and kind of see the signs and to predict a bit about how things may unfold may yeah um, exactly yeah. the key word there is may yeah mm. I, don't know. I hope it doesn't get darker but 
part of me has a feeling that things might get dark. I'm so cynical. Better. Yeah, Brent's very <laughs> cynical. He's like, oh, it's gonna get way worse. Out of the two of us, I'm the cynical one. He's the more cynical one. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. You could even say <laughs> jaded. I mean, it's hard not to be. So, and you know, and and again, you know, like going back to this this point here about I spend too much time on Twitter. You know, That's people problem. people who say <laughs> agree with the position that we're taking and. I do understand why so many aren't saying anything because like I've mm. mentioned before, it's exhausting. It's, it's really, it's not an easy thing to do to take a stance on these sort of wider big issues like this. People don't want to have to deal with the arguments. They don't have to, you know, explain to their friend or their family member, why are you doing this? Or, you know, why are you putting your, your future in jeopardy in this way? And it's, you know, so th this is why I took your story so serious because I know I know how difficult that decision was. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't look at that and take it lightly at all. I look at it and I'm like, this is like, this is a courageous position to take. Um, you know, so I commend you. Like I said in the beginning, I think it's amazing. Yeah, thanks, man. I, th I think it gets It gets exhausting when we're we're too attached to those expectations. Like when we just when and when we get too attached to other people's opinions and expect them to change their opinion for us. Like that's just the ego at its work. Um, you know, well, Zuby was referring to people who did agree with him, but they're like, I can't do so publicly. Yeah, like, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, that's, like that's, that's where it's like it's a little hard to like. It's like you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. You know, it's like, do you live by your principles or do you not live by your principles? And I think it is getting to a point where people who are on the fence will have to get off the fence at some point and take a position yeah. on this matter, especially the mandates. You know, I think that's mm. that. I think is like the number one issue right now that kind of divides where you stand like you know i mentioned earlier are you pro-authoritarian or pro-freedom and it's like you gotta pick a side and it sounds terrible yeah. to even put it in that way like picking sides but i don't know how else to put it at this point because if you're going to continue complying or worse if you're going to continue advocating for these policies you're advocating for the segregation of me of other people that i know of people i care about and and people who i don't know but also care about and don't want to see segregated so mm. i just feel like you have to call this this the hypocrisy out like if you stand for the mandates and you advocate for it openly i almost like sounds terrible but i almost respect that a little more than these people who claim to be against them but won't put any skin in the game like at all and mm. I guess that's, that's kind of the ones I'm referring to here. And, and it's not an expectation. You know, I, I don't really have expectations when it comes to what we're doing here. We never did it with the intention of, you know, getting famous or anything. And like I said, there's a whole, we could have just ignored this and gone down an easier route in life and probably made a lot of money. But Fortnite, yeah. Fortnite videos. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But uh, yeah, news too is what I meant too as exhausting, you know, seeing all the, the events play out and, you know, and, and when you do this sort of thing too, sometimes you feel a little obligated to comment on everything and you got to remind yourself, like, I don't have to comment on everything. <laughs> mm. Things play out so quickly. It's like, we don't have to share our opinion on every single major event that happens. Totally. So. Yeah, no, not at all. And like, I think, yeah. And um, me personally, I'm just... I, I, my intention in all of this is just to approach it from a, a place of love. Like it's just, you know, people who are sending those messages, you know, to 
um, to whoever, to to me, to whoever, and and stating that they, you know, they they really agree with whatever's being said, but they can't say it themselves. Like they're just in a different point of life. Like they're just they're just not ready yet. And that's that's once again. So okay, I know this is not the popular the popular yes. stance. I get no, that. I I get your position, and and I'm not saying I don't sympathize like at all with those people. Yeah, yeah, but um. You know, I understand Zuby's position here. It's also not like Absolutely. a one size fits all kind of thing, yeah. too. Like you know, everybody's circumstances are unique, and everybody's temperaments are different. So it's yeah, it's kind of yeah. hard to say. You know, some like, people it's easy to speak out for. It's like in their nature, in a sense. Other true, people, yeah, it's right. like they really gotta like force themselves in a way, and it's harder for them. So. Yeah, in, in let, let me let me throw this in there. Like in some way, are, are we? potentially if they are a quiet underspoken individual are we asking them to go against their values by speaking out yeah that's a good, that's a good point. advocate point i don't know everyone I think, everyone's I got their values like i don't think the, the truth even has to be something that is shouted or screamed from the rooftop loudly yeah. i think the truth can be uttered very calmly too it doesn't have to be something that you like throw in everyone's face you know i think i think mm. your message was very well composed and pretty fair and and like you said you're approaching it from a place of love and that's why we do this too and although i'm a little more crass and like harsh sometimes and i like <laughs> new to, jersey and him we, we joke it's a new jersey in me and we meme and stuff and you know but ultimately i mean we wouldn't be doing this sort of thing unless we truly like cared you know and mm we're concerned about the stuff that's happening, not just to us, but to, to people across the world, you know, and it's yeah. affecting all different sectors of the economy. And, and I love musicians, you know, and just seeing how it affects the music world is something that is really, I took very personal. Like, it's like hitting artists across the board, whether you're a musician yeah. or like, you know, any kind of performance, really even comedy, like God was, was nailed. They were trying to do comedy, you know, like live stream and comedy and it just doesn't work because yeah. the punchlines <laughs> don't, they yeah you can't hear the audience laugh back and you, the yeah. audience can't hear each other laugh so it yeah was, it was a general Train disaster yeah. so we've got to get creative you know we've got to we've got to figure out new ways to adapt whilst 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 this is all happening otherwise you're just a victim you know like um, that's not to say that i haven't sat there and felt sorry for myself during all this like sometimes you got a brood uh, <laughs> what's that sometimes you have to brood you just have to like you know let yourself experience all those negative emotions all those absolutely aggressive thoughts it's like you know, we we kind of have this like weird idea as people that we should be happy all the time mm -hmm. and that's not normal that's not the way that you know historically people were happy like it was like you know a lot of tragedy with like little blips of happy every once in a while but i think you know as a global society especially in the west we've gotten spoiled because we've had it so good based upon you know all the things that our predecessors have done to build the infrastructure up to the point where we have you know clean running water and electricity mm, and internet yeah. we take that stuff so for granted yeah so we, we do but yeah. and so we are naturally we're physically and psychologically comfortable a lot more than our ancestors especially you just keep going back like two or three generations so we mm. sort of have this misbegotten idea that we should just be happy and you know content all the time when that's not a natural state for people at all yeah maybe just the the interpretation of happiness is is maybe skewed like what if what if happiness is just acceptance yeah i think happiness isn't even the point i think uh, when people are just striving toward happiness i think that's 
they're confusing that with something else they might think that they're looking for. And mm. you know, Pete Peterson talks about this <clears throat> often, and he typically cites Viktor Frankl. I don't know if you've ever read an answer. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, Amazing yeah. book, excellent book. I, you know, I recommend it to anyone who I ever tell it to. And I've given Absolutely. multiple copies away of that book because it's so important. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, his whole argument there is that, you know, just to explain to the viewers who don't know, uh, Frankel lived through the concentration camps and he was a psychiatrist. So when the Holocaust broke out and all that stuff, um, he ended up in one of these camps. And for him, one of the main reasons he kept going was he had his work he was looking forward to. Aside from family he wanted to see and, and all that stuff, when he got out, he wanted to complete his work. And as he was in the camps, he was doing his work. He was analyzing people in the camps and the various different prisoners. And he was trying to figure out what was the difference between the ones who kept going, um, despite how terrible things were, were getting and were, and then the ones who just kind of gave up. And, and he could see that too, the difference between the ones who gave up and the ones who kept going. The ones who gave up, you know, they would starve or whatever. They would stop eating sometimes. They would just, there was no fight. Yeah, left. something to do with 72 hours out, he could tell, wasn't it? He could tell if they so. were, were going to die about 72 hours out. There was yeah. a certain action that they would take. And he found it was, it was meaning was what he found was the component. That was the thing. And that could come in multiple forms, but really what it came down to was uh, something bigger and, and more important to the individual than the individual themselves yeah. that they were looking forward toward, you know, so mm -hmm. it could be, you know, reuniting with a lover who you got separated with. And in, in his case, it could be returning to your research or whatever it is you were doing before the terrible circumstances all played out and you ended up where you were. And, you know, that was such a really like, it clicked in my head when I first read that book and it's like, wow, we typically confuse this idea of like what we're seeking is happiness. And it's like, no, we're, we're seeking a, a burden worthy of carrying and a work worthy of doing. Right. Yeah. So it could be helping people. It could be writing your great novel, whatever the hell it is, something mm. bigger than us that adds meaning to our suffering that makes the suffering worth going through and continue continuing through. And obviously, you know, Frankel got out and he did make it and he ended up writing about all of this, but 100 percent yeah. and you're like if this guy can go through this shit and like come out the other end and still make a life for himself and, and be a relatively stable sort of person and it's like it makes you realize like wow you know i i can i can probably survive almost anything if if mm. i have that meaning that can keep me going you know yeah a guy a guy that i 150 percent recommend that anyone listening to and if this particular topic interests people who i recommend people going and, and checking out right now is a guy called peter crone i don't know if you know peter crone but wow. he's uh, just when you said the word suffering his approach on suffering is just so interesting just his whole his whole output his whole work i'm totally fascinated with at the, the moment p-r-o-n-e c-r-o-n-e yeah peter crone he's based in la um and just uh but i think he you know by going by his accent he must have grown up in the uk or something like that but really just incredible incredible perspective um and you know everything that comes out of that guy's mouth just to me anyway personally just resonates and makes 120 percent 
sense you know like out just pull up his website so i'll keep that tab open for yeah spend spend yourself like 10 15 minutes watching some of the videos that he's that are up of him on youtube and i guarantee you'll walk away smiling and just feeling way way less burdened by anything that's going on in the world right now um and just way more trusting like because i think it's yeah that's something that's really important is is just trust and and victor frankl you know talk that 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 is that that pursuit isn't it it's like trusting that you know this thing i'm working towards you know um that's 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 gonna make things all work out you know in the end like that's that's gonna whether it is that it leaves me with a legacy that then passes on to some you know or 10 generations or whatever it is like um trust is just such a big thing right now i think that that um is really important to to connect to because when whenever i feel just trusting that this is all you know everything's happening for a reason i know it sounds sounds you know airy fairy or whatever but that's when i feel there's something to it you know yeah that's when i feel most um most alive i guess is when i just trust and and that's when i feel most driven and so when i feel most driven i can have my best impact on the world and it just yeah it's um trust is uh, trust and acceptance is yeah two big things i think right now trust the process people on Mm. that note i think we will call it here guys yeah that's a good point yeah about an hour and a half Sean Kirk, thanks for joining us. Where can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. Just um, seankirk.com, S-H-A-U-N-K-I-R-K.com is my website, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those things. I think that the the tag on them all is just at Sean Kirk Music. Um, and yeah, and hopefully, you know, in the in the future at a show where everyone's allowed in. Yeah, no, dude, I would, I would love to uh, sit down and jam with you one day too. That would be yeah, man, sounds good to me. Yeah, so thanks, thanks a lot, man. And I'm going to say it again, I, I commend you, man. I think what you're doing is brave. It's courageous. Um, keep doing it. You know, there are people who are paying attention, as you can see, and we see you. We stand with you. You know, you always have a platform with people like us, and keep fighting. Yeah, thanks, guys yeah likewise likewise guys good on you like um for for staying true to to what you believe and and um having no shame in that that that's that's commendable so yeah oh, yeah thanks they for having cancel. me they can't cancel us man i mean they could <laughs> they could try that they, they destroyed work. one of my youtube channels they could probably destroy another one <laughs> shit doesn't work don't forget to like subscribe share do all the things, all the things. thanks for listening we love you we'll be back again soon bye bye